All right. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Murder, Murder Show. Um, I think I'm just going to go straight into my case. Let's do and it. I really, really want to emphasize to everyone listening that if you, this is going to be really disgusting. And if you are triggered by anything with sexual assault, sexual assault with children, um, emotional abuse, physical abuse, please, I don't know if this is going to be the episode for you. Um, Yikes, yeah. So um, I just want to put that out there. So please be prepared um, because today we are going to talk about one of the most disgusting humans on the planet who I recently found out about. And his name is Roche Terrio. And that is a French spelling. So I thought it was like Roche Terriot. But now it's Roche Terrio. <laughs> so it's French. <laughs> and this guy is literally just like... So he was like a pseudo cult leader. Okay. Um, and he's really disgusting. Um, so let's delve into how horrible he was. Um, so I want to talk about my sources really quick because I found this case actually from this amazing TikTok. And I think the algorithm there is really good because it like put this onto my For You page. And I found this account that is called True Crime Library. And oh, I've seen, like I've seen these, it before, I think. It is amazing. I gave it an immediate follow, <laughs> and I suggest everyone do as well. Um, and so I was just, like, scrolling through their page, and this one came up, and it was actually so bad that TikTok, like, had to put a warning on it where you had to, like, click and say, like, yes, I want to see the video. And so, um, but I w- it was really interesting to me because I... I think that I'm kind of like a cult expert and I feel like I kind of yeah, know. Yeah, you're like, culty Carmen. Uh, yeah, I like it. And that's like something that like yeah, That's I'm really something into. that I've known like since I met you that you like are yeah, into that. Yeah, exactly. I think it's because San Diego exactly. like ended up having a lot of cults. So maybe it's like 100%. from born and bred, you know. I think so. It's always really intrigued me, cults have. And so I thought that I kind of like knew the bread and butter. I knew every single cult that's been on born I guess um and so this one surprised me because I didn't know about it right and then I when I was doing like my initial research I was even more shocked that I didn't know about it because actually plenty of people have covered this there is a podcast episode on a Canadian podcast called Dark Poutine that you can listen to several other other crime podcasts have done it and there's like a couple YouTube videos as well um, but anyway, so I got most of my information from the, the Dark Poutine podcast. Um, also an article from Canadian magazine McLean's and Murderpedia. And there's also a really famous book that talks about him. Um, and it's called Savage Messiah. But I didn't read it because on Amazon it was like 70 euro or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, no way. I'm also not waiting for it to come. Um, but really like when I was doing my research, it was, it's so horrible, but it was kind of making me laugh because have you seen Portlandia? Yeah. Okay. Do you know the very, very first episode where Peter and Nance accidentally like get involved with that cult? 
I feel like I've seen the first episode before, but I don't remember. Okay, so they're like at a restaurant and they ask for chicken, yes. but they want to make sure the chicken, chicken is okay. Yeah, I okay. okay. Yes, and then they just like lock eyes with uh, I'm uh, Jason Sudeikis, and they're like in the cult, right? It's not Jason Sudeikis, is it? I cannot remember. I just remember them at the restaurant, like, um, what was this chicken fed? <laughs> yeah. Where was this chicken born? Can I see exactly. its house? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, anyway, so then they end up getting to the cult, and this guy is, like, the gross version of the cult leader in Portlandia. Like, it's so funny, like, just the way that they are. Like, they're super, like, hippy-dippy, and they're just like, we love you, we love you, you know what I mean? Okay, so, anyway, hilarious. Keep that in mind. Okay, so let's go into the early life of Roche um, Terrio. So he was born in Quebec, Canada, and... So that means that he speaks French. He is a Taurus. He was born on May 16th, 1947. And he was the second of seven children and the eldest boy. And um, at the age of six, the family moved to a small community called Thetford Mines in the Eastern Townships. And this specific town, their school only went up to seventh grade for the public school. Okay, and so, so what would instead you do of, if you were in eighth grade? Well, yeah, well, this particular family, none of the kids, they just stopped their education. Oh, my gosh. What year was this again? 1941? This was, so that he was, he would have been, like, 12, so this was, like, the 1960s. Oh, that's still, it right. seems late to stop in eighth grade. I think so, too. Um, Even my dad, I mean, fin- like, finished school, and he was, like... <laughs> born in the 40s and very poor. kid this is his him saying this so we don't know if it's true but he said that when he was a kid he would play with the wild bears in the forest that's absolutely not true <laughs> i know i think maybe it's part of his like uh, it's part of come jo- see I'm, around him i'm so special bears don't eat me yeah exactly um and when he was a child he um figured out how to manipulate people really, really quickly. Um, he discovered that... SOS, what if your kid is like that? I would be like, fuck! Yes, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's such, a, like, a scary thing. And, like, when someone is smart, you know, it's, like, obviously a plus, but there is the side of, like, they could just, like, be smart in, like, the bad way, where they're just, like, Psycho. figure out how to, like... Uh, yeah, was, yeah, exactly. Was his family, like, abusive or anything? Um, We'll get there. Okay. Just wait one second. So um, they had a pretty comfortable life, but he discovered soon that if he complained about his childhood and saying that it was like really, really bad, this was a great way for people to sympathize with him and be oh, nice So to he him. started like compulsively lying from a young age. Right. Even though um, like his childhood wasn't I- ideal. I mean, it's not okay. ideal to finish school in seventh grade, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But they weren't really um, 
super poor. They weren't struggling like so, so much, you know. Um, but he thought that if he made his childhood seem really, really bad, then this was a great way to manipulate others and get them to feel bad for him. Um, he also, he had a really good, he was really good at pretending he was smarter than he was, although he was smart. But he, he kind of liked to say that he knew pretty much everything about like anything, you know. And so this illusion of intelligence got him a lot of attention and he started to crave attention as well. So he was really good at manipulating people. He knew what was going to make people respond to him in a positive way. Okay. Yes. Um, and just one note. So he says that when he was a child, his father was abusive, um, even though the father denies. And we don't really know the truth about that. And none of the other siblings have said anything? Like you couldn't... Have... There wasn't any info about it. I have no idea. But we do know that he would exaggerate things to get attention. So okay. it's possible that it did happen. It's possible that I was exaggerated. One thing that his father did do is that his father was extremely devoutly religious. And he was a member of this special group. It was like a Catholic offshoot called the White Berets. Um, I've never heard of Union. that. Me neither. I don't know if it's just in Canada or if it's like a global thing, but pretty much this like group is like a mixture of Catholicism and fascism and what evangelicism. The fuck, that sounds um, scary. <laughs> it is scary, and so his father was like this and would actually go door to door in their neighborhood, passing out the white beret literature. And Roche literally hated his father for this. And he started to hate organized religion in general. That's odd Uh, to become a cult leader. (laughs) Yeah, so while he disliked it, he was learning a lot. You know, he was learning. He was watching and he was learning. Um, So in 1967, he's 20 years old. And he marries a girl... Her name is Francine Grenier. She's like just a normal girl from the town. And they decide that they're going to move to Montreal together. And they have two sons. They have Roche Jr. and Francois. Okay. Um, During this time, he has some health problems. He develops some ulcers. Uh, He has complications from surgery of trying to get those ulcers removed. He just has like stomach problems in general. And while he's going through these, like, health issues, he's becoming obsessed with medicine, teaching himself about medicine and his own body, and thinking to himself that he's becoming pretty much an expert in medicine himself. So he thinks he's a doctor. Pretty much. And this will come up later, where he has very... He has a lot of confidence in himself, even though he really knows nothing. So he's a narcissist, it seems like. He's 100% a narcissist, yes. You can't be a cult leader and not be a narcissist, though. Definitely. Especially this one. Oh, my God. Like, it's just... Oh, my God. But he really, really has... I truly, truly believe that he is... Sorry, I truly believe that he thinks he is the smartest guy. They to, all like, do ever though. Exist. They all do though. Yeah. And they think there's yeah. no consequences. That way that's why they do all the shit they do. Definitely. Um so they have this little family and he eventually gets involved in uh just municipal politics. And he also joins 
um, something called Le, Cle- Le Club Arami, which is, this is kind of a Masonic society, right? The, like the Freemasons. It's kind of like this, right? Okay. Um, and so he enters this society. I think probably he had friends from politics in it. However, he uses this society as his personal platform for a parody of Catholicism, despite that the Masonic societies have Catholic roots. And he just used it to make fun of everyone inside the society <laughs> and just so, like tease them so he and just say like, that they're so stupid. He just joined it to troll these people. Literally just to troll. That's so funny. <laughs> I, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and also during this time in his like young adult life, he he seems like a dick. He's just gonna get that fucking douche <laughs> that's like nerdy and ugly, but thinks that they're the hottest, smartest. Guy. Like we all know a guy like this. No, like maybe not so extreme. Yeah, maybe he didn't but... start a cult, but he's like in real estate <laughs> now or something. Yeah, exactly. Like just. Like, he thinks he's... Ah, uh, real estate? I don't know. He definitely, like, games or something. Oh, you think so? Okay. But don't you have to be outgoing? Well, okay. Not that gamers are yeah, outgoing. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No, no, no. Definitely, definitely. But, okay, I guess maybe let me just describe his appearance to you. Um, okay, let me look like, up This guy is too. so fucking ugly. He's so disgusting. His hairline literally starts in the middle of his crown of his head. Like... I really just want to tell him that bangs are really easy to get, you know? Like, you can really wait, easily wait, get what's bangs. Wait, what's his name again? <laughs> so, the spelling is R-O-C-H. Okay. Of the first name is Roche. And then the last name is Terrio, but it's T-H-E with an accent. Oh, yeah, it came up. Okay. Okay, look at what? this guy because he's so fugly. I feel like he should be a burning man. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Wait, oh the beard gosh, like, though, so he, he can has... grow hair, just not on the top of exactly. his head. Exactly. There's way more hair on the beard than there is on his head. He, he's going for the Jesus look. <laughs> yeah, but like, it, he looks like Megamind in a way. Yeah, because <laughs> it does, it does really accentuate round. his head, the beard. Yeah. He looks yeah, like a yeah. lion. So this is... <laughs> he looks like. <gasps> and he's also just like the really. I see the Megamind what? one. I see the Megamind one you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> He also has, like, a really heavy brow, you know, and you can't see his, his mouth for, really well. His head, his forehead is the size of my whole head. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually. Oh, my God, for the trial, he, oh, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, I might have a spoiler. You're going ahead, aren't you? <laughs> I just, I'm just looking at a photo of him from the trial and he got rid of the beard. Oh, I think I, yes, 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 it's super long. So this is the guy we're dealing with, okay? So just keep this image in your mind, and okay? He, oh, my God. Ew, 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 ew. He's, like, so fucking fugly, I swear. Okay, and that's going to make this next part a little even Also, we're allowed, because... we only comment on people's appearance if they're a murderer or a sex cult leader, okay? Oh, my gosh. I, oh, the thing is, is that if you're an ugly person on the inside... You're automatically the the ugliest person on the outside. And I will tease you about your looks because I don't care because it's just dirt and nasty stuff on the inside. So whatever. I literally, yeah. Okay, but also disgusting is that at this time he like acquires a new interest in sex and sexuality and exploring that. Wait, Um, but so so I'm confused. He doesn't mm -hmm. have like a religion that he follows or is he just like vaguely Catholic? He is not Catholic, even though his family was, but he will adopt some sort of religion. I'll get there. So he is um, like an atheist right now. 
right now he's pretty much an atheist and in and not so much in belief but he's more against right now like what he thinks is this established religion okay probably just because maybe there's like some backstory with his dad and he just doesn't like i mean also i kind of see of like he's gonna um reject the organized religion and the established religion because he wants to be the leader he sees the hierarchy in religion and he's like "Mm, not me he's like well where do i I put on the cross i'm not a part of the holy trinity yeah he kind of like wants it for himself but we'll we'll see that um also at this time so this is pretty much just like his young adult years um he's also discovering heavy drinking and heavy drinking to the point do. where you cult yes, leaders are always like high on fucking drugs and shit yes yes and so that will also come around i mean so how old um, is he i mean everyone discovers blacking out in their early 20s <laughs> yeah we're we're talking early 20s okay yes yes um but I guess he was, like, creating problems with his wife and, and keeping a job and everything. So, um, he starts having affairs with many women. God. Um, like, right after he gets married. So, and he's an alcoholic. Because- he's having affairs. And he's yes, a narcissist. Yes. And he's a dick. I, exactly. This poor lady. Francine? Uh, I believe it was Francine. There's, we're going to meet a lot of girls. Yes, Francine is the first one. Okay, poor Francine. At least she got yes. away, hopefully. Keep going. Sorry. Keep going. Yes, yeah. No worries. No worries. Um, okay, so, yeah, isn't he just, like, the ideal man that you'd want to be with? Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I guess it's not, it doesn't work like that when someone manipulates you. So, yeah. Anyway, one of these women that he has an affair with, her name is Giselle. Okay. And... And he starts getting really close with Giselle, and he's eventually getting more problems with Francine. And they eventually get their house repossessed um, by the local bank because he's just being really, really irresponsible with the drinking and the money. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. And just everything is a mess. Everything is going down the drain. So Francine, thank God, good timing, girl, she leaves Roche. Wow, she okay, dodged a motherfucking this, bullet. Oh, God. Not, like, oof, just wait. And so... Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Rosh is now very serious with Giselle, and they discover... Just... The Seventh-day Adventist Church. Oh, they found it. They find it. They discovered it. They, they discover it. They become members. And so... The Seventh-day Adventist Church, when I was doing my research, I had it in my mind that they were the religion that, like, can't celebrate their birthday, but it's not that. Um, that's... Um, Jehovah's Witness? Yes, it's Jehovah's Witness, I think. Um, so Seventh-day Adventist Church, pretty much the main difference is that they, they observe the holy day of the week on a Saturday. God, that would suck. And they... But they're also the... A Protestant Christian denomination, and they really emphasize the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that is important. So they're like ready for Jesus to come again. Exactly. Exactly. Because um, who looks like Jesus? Particular... <clears throat> oh, who thinks they're Jesus? Rose. Who thinks they're Jesus? <laughs> Who's gonna think that they are Jesus? <laughs> um, so this particular group of Seventh Day Adventists, they would meet in a local like motel room <laughs> every Saturday, which is like such a beautiful place to have religious service. I think um, they're trying, and, I guess. 
Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And there's like pretty strict like uh diet things when you're a Seventh Day Adventist, and you you can't drink, you can't do that. I'm pretty sure they. Wait, but only... what's being alcoholic? Exactly. So he like quits cold turkey, but you know how that's never really good for an alcoholic. To you know, it can make you really volatile. Um, to just quit like if that. you're like a hardcore alcoholic, it can kill you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like if definitely. you just quit cold turkey, your body like freaks yeah. the fuck out. And he'll also like in the future. Um, I don't. He just uses alcohol and then quitting alcohol to kind of manipulate others. And he takes. So the Adventists have like a strict. Oh, it sounds like that guy I dated. No. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, which one? <laughs> which one? Just bleep oh, that part exactly. out. Yeah, we'll bleep it out. <laughs> um, I mean, thank God he's not a a cult leader now. But they he does also not have the charisma like, to be a cult leader. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> he's grow his hair out longer. <laughs> um and they okay, so they have like strict nutrition, and this means that I I'm pretty sure I could just look it up right now, but I'm not going to. Or I'm pretty sure they're vegetarian, and if they're not vegetarian, they're very very strict on everything is organic. Everything is like this, okay? And he's gonna use like the control around food when he starts his own type of group. Okay, and so he he's just learning. From, like first he's learning from the white berets, and now he's learning yes. from this church, like. What works best here to control people? And I'm exactly. going to turn my... I'm going to make my witches brew. 100%. Okay. He's literally taking this from there, this from there. And he's like, mm, 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 My mm, life I experiences like like have brought me here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, I guess if you didn't go to traditional school, this is school. <laughs> um, and they also... Okay, so... Also, he becomes super, <laughs> red flag, red flag, <laughs> he becomes super fascinated with the Old Testament. Oh. And, <laughs> and so specifically the strict codes of masculine authority. <laughs> oh my God, red flag, also, <laughs> red flag, stay away. Red flag. If someone is like, oh, my favorite part of the Bible is the Old Testament, that's not good. <laughs> no, my favorite part is the masculine, like, yeah, that is not exactly. good. And oh, and then his second favorite part was the apocalypse, and he was fascinated with the apocalypse. Oh, no. <laughs> and his favorite part of the apocalypse was its message of violent retribution for sin. <laughs> oh my god! So, this guy is really fun to be around. I cannot believe that. Yes, he has women he was- around him. <laughs> It's shocking, but I mean, when you're a master manipulator, I mean, and we'll see, there's the women that he ends up, like, uh, getting into his group. It's not that, I mean, he isolated them, and they tried to escape multiple times, but they would always go back to him. He was really good at convincing them, but we'll, we'll see that a little later. So, while, this is kind of the start of it now, so while he's in the Adventist church, he's, like, a really, really devoted a member and he sells the Adventist literature door to door and he's so good at this. He's a like salesman, people, that's what I'm saying. Like Yes. He has such charisma. Because he's a manipulator. People really like him. People just like him so much. He's really personable. Um and after 
when he when he was good at this, they were like, oh, okay, you're going to do... The Adventist church was like, okay, you're going to do these workshops about quitting smoking because, again, they have like a no smoking, no drinking, no eating certain type of thing, and they do workshops on people needing help to smoke, but this is actually a way to try to get them to join the church. So it's also kind of shady, and he was also amazing at this, of course. Um, And while he was doing these workshops, by 1977, he had amassed himself literally a whole crew of women that were just like obsessed with him and i'm gonna say their names um they're not all women some are men um but solange sorry if i mispronounce as well but i i think it's important to say their names solange boy bollard chantal labrie francine laflamme nicole roule maris jose pelletier jacques fissette claude oliette Jacques Giguet and his wife Maïs Gaguet. So he was in eastern. Baby. He was in eastern Canada. Yeah, they're in Quebec. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, I'm like everyone's French. So these French. are all. Yeah, they're all French, and these are also like all these people are eighteen to twenty four years old. So these are all young people, um, easily convinced, easily manipulated. You know, trying to find honestly, themselves. it's like it's like how most women in abusive relationships are younger because you haven't definitely. like you just don't know people are bad, you know, like no, definitely, and like they're this is the seventies as well, you know, they're like it's in it's free love cool baby. to be into like new age thing and this like, is the age of cults. And, this is serial killer golden age <laughs> it's the golden age absolutely and so yeah i mean it's we we can be like oh i would never do that all we want but when you're in it and also when the thing is that it's hard is that if you see other women doing it too you trust them right 100%. it's like so even if you don't necessarily trust the guy right away you trust the other girls are like oh no he's great yeah that's true so that's another thing so all these people, this whole group, they began hanging out at Giselle's apartment. Most of the girls were still living with their parents, and Roche would convince these girls to just spend the whole weekend crashing at Giselle's wherever there was space, and they would. And eventually, uh, Roche encouraged them to drop out of college because, after all, Christ was coming soon. So never, there was no point. Never to- good. Never listen to anyone. <laughs> never. never listen to a man telling you to drop out of college. Drop that motherfucker. No. Never, ever, ever listen to anyone telling you to drop out of college. It's your decision. Don't be convinced by anyone telling you to do that because they want something from you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there's no point of going to school because the world is doomed. Okay, Avi. Like, sure. Just um, and- source. Trust me, bro. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Um, and so they're like all just hanging out at Giselle's apartment a lot now. And she becomes, she starts to become jealous because the atten- the girls are like obsessed with this guy just because he's so personal and everything. So they like give him so much attention and Giselle starts to become a bit jealous and he would actually use this to his advantage, of course. Because he's a manipulator. Started- yeah, and he started to pit the uh, girls against each other. He would purposely not show one of them attention or purposely show another one attention because they he saw that it was creating these reactions. Um, so this group starts to just be, like, really, really close. 
and the leaders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, they, they start to notice this. And what they start to notice is that these youth, these girls and these young men are more attracted to Roche as a person than they are to the church. Like they're really only coming to the church because he's there. Um, so it was so like easily seen them. through by elder people. Yeah, and they're kind of questioning it, and they're kind of, like, turning away from him slowly. And they're kind of thinking, oh, maybe this guy is not, like, the guy that we want in our in our church. Yeah. And what it r- really breaks their um, bond, they eventually leave uh, the Seventh-day Adventist church, and they become a group on their own, is that they were on a church retreat in 1977. And this is according to... To him, right? Okay, so we're going to take it with a grain of salt. And he's he goes hiking by himself in nature. Oh, and just like Jesus did. <laughs> he's at one spot in the forest, and the sky lit up with a white radiance. And the voice of God came down and told Is him. Is he Moses? The, what the fuck? Like, I... He, he does love the Old like, Testament. Uh, Dude, that should happen in the Old Testament. Yeah, Hella. Yes. He really thinks that he's like the most important person in the whole wide world. And he and he said that God told me that the ground I was I was standing on was holy and that I was and I was like pretty much he sees himself as a prophet is what we're getting at because God is talking to him. And so if you think God is like personally talking to you and telling you certain things to leave this group or whatever, like you think you're a prophet. So that really marks the kind of split from the Seventh-day Adventists and the the members really start to worship Rosh instead. Okay. So just those seven people or more people are going with Rosh? <gasps> Right now, it's just this small group. Okay. But they will... Um, it expands. They will attract more. <laughs> they attract more. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is a next phase. Okay, so this is the start of the cult as we know it. And I wrote down, this is where a bunch of crazy-ass shit happens for the next 12 years. Oh, no, that's <laughs> too long. <laughs> it's, it's way too long. It's way too long. And there's literally Wait, this just lived on so, into the 90s? Let me see the year that he... Okay, let me... Uh, I'm going to ruin it. He eventually gets arrested. So, uh, yes, he was arrested in, in 1889. And he was put in prison in 1993. So Damn. he eventually gets caught. So don't worry, you guys. That will give you some hope to hear this because it's pretty rough. Um, so there's literally so much that happens in these 12 years. And I'm not going to go over everything because a lot of it is extremely, extremely detailed. And a lot of it is extremely... graphic and just not good and so I didn't put everything I just picked I just cherry picked some if you would like to learn every single tiny detail it's online and you can definitely go into it more so I'm just gonna talk about some key events okay okay and I'm gonna do it by the year okay so we're gonna start at 1977 so after that he defines himself as a prophet and the leader of his little group he decides that he's going to move with them and they establish themselves in Sainte-Marie in the Beauce region and it's just south of Quebec City. Okay. And in this town, they, like many hippie type cults, open 
a alternative medicine store with organic foods and holistic literature called the Healthy Living Clinic. Okay. Wow, it seems so and sweet. It seems great, right? <laughs> Maybe I feel like I would go there and... Healthy Living Clinic and get, you know, a green juice yeah. or something. Definitely. And actually during this time, um, their clinic really thrived and it was kind of like the ideal thing and it was actually going really well. Um, and through this healthy living clinic, they, this is how they recruited more members of people coming and buying their food or getting literature and stuff. And that's how they kind of like convinced other people to join them. Um, something that's like kind of funny, I just wanted to mention is that they, they had to wear a uniform and the uniform was an ankle length pullover tunic. Um, green for the women and beige for the men and Roche would wear a dark brown robe. So they'd just be like walking around in these like sheets. Colts always have um, a uniform. I know. And it's like, you can make it cute if you wanted to, but it's never it's cute. It's never cute. Like, <laughs> they didn't get a belt to accentuate the waist. It's literally just like a sheet. Oh. <laughs> and that goes all the way down oh. to your ankles. I mean, I mean, I guess it simplifies your life. So whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was making a lot of money in this enterprise and, it was, and he was also attracting followers. He was actually really successful. So this is like for a year. So now 1978, all right? So a year in, a strange dynamic kind of took hold of the group because Roche was, like I said, manipulating the women and kind of making them compete for his attention. He thought it was like a fun thing to do that. Ew. Um, yeah, super, super gross. And Giselle becomes extremely concerned that she's going to lose Roche to one of the other girls. And so this girl boss goes to him and proposes to him to get married. I think a girl boss too close to the sun. <laughs> Way too close to the sun. Like, girl, you should have or taken someone that who opportunity thinks to the leave. Someone who should have leave. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And in the moment he doesn't even say yes like he literally goes mm, I'll you know think what's about so weird Dean, Dean Coral got engaged to as well and said no oh, oh my gosh we have a true. parallel for this last two yes. episodes yes absolutely it's so crazy and so he literally only agrees a week later like after a week he was like yeah that's fine I guess okay so they get married on well, that's January what I want my husband my future husband to do yeah, like that means gonna make me feel loved for sure. <laughs> um, so they get married January eighth, nineteen seventy eight. There was no honeymoon. What happened is that the whole group went to Montreal. <gasps> they got married, and then they piled back in the van for the five hour trip home. While Terry Roche was flirting with the other girls the whole time, uh, and apparently Giselle was just crying the whole time because I think that she was kind of like she was like this that. is not what I fucking meant. Yeah, she had some hope um, when she asked him, and I think that she thought he would be devoted to but her. But he, he did this on purpose, to put her in his place and now trap her. Abs- absolutely, exactly. Um, okay, so his next move <laughs> was, like all normal people do, is to tell people who they should marry and marry them to each other. Uh, people in his group, he decided that he was going to marry to each other. Um, and so it's just really, he's already got control of their lives. Like he's totally have making the choices for them. And you can just, I think this, uh, action is really 
kind of a turning point where, wow, he really, really has these people convinced if if he's like, hey, you should marry this person. They're like, okay, you know. Um, yeah, and just that's to like go also along a common, with that. Because that doesn't, marriage mm-hmm. also involves intimacy and... Right, right. But I guess and if the group was really that, close, was it still just seven or they were, this is at this point they had started to grow? At this point, they had started to grow. They attracted more followers. I didn't say um, all of their names because it's just super, super detailed and I can't find everyone. Um, but I believe they attracted... I named like the main people i guess okay. and but there was other people that joined yeah i'm sorry i can post it somewhere the names um, oh no so, i was just wondering like how many people like if it was just the seven people that he originally knew that he was marrying off mm-hmm. or like it was the people that joined and if it's the people that joined that's crazy you just met this guy like a year ago right you know what i kind of think that it was probably more the original but remember there was only like two guys and one of them was already married oh yeah um so i don't know i didn't find too much information if well, it was probably you know, everyone eventually, Yeah, I think it was probably everyone. In the end, I'll just spoil it now. He ends up marrying everyone to himself. So mm. <laughs> it's not like these Ew, even matter. what but, a <laughs> but you can just see the control growing at, in this moment. Okay, so later that spring, Giselle gets pregnant. Oh, no. And Poor baby. she's feeling completely rejected. And alone Roche and isolated. Is, Roche gives her no attention during the pregnancy no attention and so that's when you you need to get that baby gift what's it called the bump gift what's it called what is that when your husband gets you like a really nice gift while you're pregnant like some people will get like a range rover i saw it on like some like australian reality show that's very necessary yeah you need like or not a Range Rover, but you need to be treated nice, have your baby moon, you know. Can I at least have some emotional support, please? Yeah. <laughs> what? The bare minimum. The the bar is on the floor. It's on the floor. Um, but this okay, so she actually she gives him an ultimatum. So he either has to break the commune and break the group up and encourage his followers to find new homes because they don't she doesn't want to they're living all together, right? Oh my God. And she's about to have a baby. And Exactly. And or she says that she's going to move in with her father. And what do you think? Do you think that he was understanding? Do you think he, he said, fuck you, response? bitch, leave? Um, so he punched her in the mouth and he locked her in her room for two days while she was pregnant. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Right. So... That this is another turning point where he's going this to is where violence starts absolutely and of course it starts absolutely. with his first follower and his wife and it's just gonna absolutely. trickle down to everyone else what a fucking disgusting man exactly exactly so this is the person we're dealing with you know he has no really, you punch your pregnant wife in the face exactly he does not care he really does not care he, it's all about him okay then that summer he decides that the whole group is going to move to a different location and this is not going to be in a city this time. He decides they're going to move to a little buttfuck nowhere. And they hike for two days until they find a place that's isolated enough. Uh, and this is by a, a lake called Lac Sec. So, like, they don't, they're not buying this land. Like, they're just going to go, like, They're literally just, like, <laughs> going into, like, nowhere. Like, no one owns this land, I guess. You know, Canada's so big. Um, I don't know. I think... It was just like no one owned it or something. They definitely didn't buy it. That's for sure. 
Um, they, <laughs> he of course names, there's like a little hill by the lake that they settle at. Roche Hill. And it's like, <laughs> okay, so the source that I was looking at keeps calling it a mound because I think they are trying to troll him because he calls it the eternal mountain. And so he's like calling this grand thing. It was literally like at the tiniest hill ever. <laughs> Um, what a loser <laughs> he's such a fucking how loser. do people not see uh, through it there that's not a fucking mountain bro yeah like bro <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about hell. though you your eyes you're okay <laughs> it's little <laughs> okay so they decide that this is their new home and they erect a tent town okay and they spend wow, a week that's so glamorous what, how mm-hmm. he has a stronghold on these fucking people <laughs> to make me hike for two days and then live in a tent fuck no i know i know i know and it's like with that forehead yeah like maybe the forehead is just so big and so shiny that they see something in it like some visions or something i don't know i don't want to make fun of the these are victims so anyway um but I want to make fun of him. That so let's get that straight. I'm making fun of him, not the women that were manipulated by this disgusting piece of shit. So, they begin construction on a large communal cabin. Um, they worked 17 hours a day. So they had to hike up with land. all the tools. So I'm guessing that one of them had a car. He probably okay. got to drive so, in the fucking car. <laughs> Right, right. Like, it's kind of unclear because there's kind of a break in what I found. Um, But they hiked out there, but then they said they spent a week retrieving tools from the car. Um, So maybe they had one car or something. Maybe they spent a week Um, retrieving tools because they drove out there and then they hiked two miles mm -hmm. altogether or two days altogether. So they had to go back and forth to get all the tools. It's definitely possible. All I know is that they were super isolated, but they, they, there was a village, a tiny, tiny village, and they would get supplies from there, I, but I'm not sure how far out it was, but they were really isolated. Um, and during this time, Roche rations the food. And so they're working. Oh, it's a great start. <laughs> yes. This, so here comes the food control. Which, which is a huge part. Know, and that's how you really, really get people to rely on you if you control the food. Um, and so if people and also if anyone complained about being hungry, that he would uh, reduce the, their rations. I could not fit in so, there. I can't hike. No, I'm not going to tent, sleep no. in a tent. <laughs> and I'm going to fucking complain if I'm hungry and I'm going to be a grade exactly. A bitch if I'm hungry. Exactly. So he really, really has a chokehold on these people right now um guess who was the only person that didn't have to work 17 hours a day he was nice to his pregnant wife right (laughs) no (laughs) he said that he couldn't work he had to listen to god exactly he said his spiritual or their spiritual salvation was at the utmost important for him so he didn't have time to work what a p.o.s (laughs) Okay, so at this point, um, some members actually do decide to leave. Um, so they're seeing some change, and also they're, like, in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, how did I get here? So some do uh, I think leave. I made a mistake. <laughs> exactly. And he didn't even try to stop them, but as soon as they left, of course, 
he goes to all the other members that stayed and said that those people were incarnations of the devil. That's why they left, you know, turning the other members against their previous friends. Well, yeah, and they, he doesn't them. want them to stay because if they're having doubts, they're going to talk to other people about their doubts and it's going to sow distrust in the whole system. So, like, having exactly them leave it. is just way better for him in the end. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And... I mean, he doesn't care as long as he gets, like, a... He still has some, you know? I as don't, long as he has he women, really, right? Yeah, he didn't really care about growing, as we've seen some from, like, other cult members, like Jim Jones, who ended up with, like, what, 700 followers? Yeah. He, he always had, like, less than 30 followers, so he didn't really care about being super, super huge as much as he wanted just He wanted to have enough people them. to, like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So they finished the cabin in September, and it was just a one single open room. Um, the ceiling was made of like twigs and moss. Um, and wow, that seems like it's also... going to hold up in the middle of winter in Canada. <laughs> I know, in Canada, I know. The fuck. Um, <laughs> And this specific source says, it was a place of merriment where Roche would organize skits and songs. Sounds great. What? <laughs> that sounds like my nightmare. Um, and yes, I know. And as soon as they finished the cabin to celebrate the beginning of their new life, Roche gave them all new names. So you're also now taking away their previous identity. And he's, he's really checking he all those all- boxes. Oh, he is checking them. He is checking them. <laughs> and he gave them all new names from the Old Testament, of course. And what he became, of course, was Moses. Oh, he called himself I called Moses. it earlier that he thinks he's Moses. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. Um, he also said that he was the group's papi. <laughs> They're poppy. I'm your poppy now. I'm your poppy Moses. Poppy Moses. <laughs> and and Giselle would be mommy. <laughs> what was her? Did, did, what, do you know what her Old Testament name was? I have no idea. I have no poppy idea. Moses. Uh, <laughs> poppy Moses. Poppy Moses. What a fucking idiot. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so they have new names now and. So you may be wondering, how are they funding their lives out in the middle of the nowhere? Okay, so while they are not working, they still, though, with Canada's good social system, Canada. they're on welfare. <laughs> Can, did I say Canada? Oh my god, Canada. Um, so they're on welfare and they're still getting checks. I don't really know. Maybe they're getting delivered getting to checks. the village. It's possible. Um it doesn't specify, but anyway, they are getting this, the checks. And so they're pooling everyone's welfare checks, and that's how they pay for their lifestyle. And they also had leftover money from when they had the healthy living clinic. And so that's how they're funding their life. And I wanted to pause because this is where it really starts to spiral. So again, if you are triggered by anything violent or sexual assault or abuse, you can click out now, okay? Because this is where it really, really starts to get bad in the group. Okay. Um, I'll stay. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> Please stay. In October of that year, one of the girls, Nicole, confided in Giselle that she and Rosh, or slash Moses, slash Buppy, um, <laughs> they had sex while everyone else was working. And this really hurt Giselle, and she freaked out. 
She fled the cabin, but Roche pulled her down and squeezed his hands around her throat. So did she um, have the baby and, already? Um, I, what, so this is October and she was pregnant, um, in the spring. So it's possible or she's still pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's October and she was pregnant in the spring and he, he squeezed so hard until Giselle agreed that she would return. So she's already wanting to leave. But she keeps getting convinced to stay. But also, how do you leave if you have to hike two days to fucking leave? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and also, he's... I mean, she did fall in love with him, you know? like It's extremely um, hard also, to leave an abuser. Yeah, Especially absolutely. once they... And he did everything. He isolated food control, changed yes, your name, got rid yes. of your identity. You, you know, like, everything. Also, the extra thing of, like, this is her child's dad, you know? And... She probably saw him as, like, I want my child to have a father mm-hmm. or something, you know? So, um, okay, so then this is also the stage where he declares all the previous marriages void, annulled. And he begins marrying every single woman to himself. So now all the women are married to him. So this is when he starts assaulting everyone. Yes, yeah, so th- pretty much I'm just going to be talking about event after event after event. Um, because there's just so much shit that happens. And so it's really going to be intense. Okay. okay? And it'll, I'm sorry if the timeline is confusing. I'll try to make it clear. Okay. So he also, now that the women are married to him, he decides that he has complete authority on their bodies and he's going to prostitute the women to the local grocers in the villages for food, for extra food. Um, and he also starts drinking again. And first he convinces the like everyone that's okay to drink because in the Old Testament, are you allowed to be a prostitute? I don't know. He definitely rationales it for himself. He probably thought of like if this is the way we're gonna get food. He's it's obviously fun. not of God. I mean that's clear, so but he also sees himself as like now that he's married to these women, he owns them. So they he can do anything with them. You know? Gross. Yeah. Um, and he starts drinking again, and he, like, rationalizes of, like, this is the communion wine. And so if it's communion wine, it's then the I body can drink. It's the body of Christ, yo. I can get right. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, of course, that doesn't last this long. This isn't double juice. Eventually... It's Jesus Christ yeah. juice. <laughs> exactly. He eventually starts um, drinking just bottles of cognac instead. <laughs> And that is definitely like, not people the were just Christ used to him. Like that, yeah, that he, is devil juice. Like wrong, wrong. <laughs> and he like starts to leave. Uh, sorry, starts to deliver really long, rambling, drunken sermons to everyone, like for hours. Oh, where he doesn't, he and just like hear his own voice and doesn't shut the fuck up. Literally, and I just like can't even imagine what his voice sounds like. It would be in French, but I wonder if he has like I didn't hear him talk or anything. Maybe I should, but just imagine if he has like a really annoying voice. One hundred percent, he does. I think so. And if anyone fell asleep during these sermons, he would smack their head with a club. I would get smacked a ton. I fall asleep everywhere. This this cult is yeah. really not for me. No, it's really not. No. Okay, and then another one. Okay, so another event. Maurice Grenier 
So she was married before she even joined the group, and she became pregnant, I believe, with her husband before. She already had a six-month baby. Um, I'm pretty sure this is her baby with her previous husband. Okay. She's pregnant. I don't think it's Roche's. They haven't had sex yet, even though she's probably married to him in a way. Um, so she's pregnant, and she eats two more pancakes than what was in her ration. And because she had two more pancakes... Roche punches her in the side and breaks two of her ribs. While she's pregnant? While she's pregnant. And another one of her, his favorite punishments would be to force someone to strip naked and stand in the snow for hours. And so he is just really, really Garbage. starting to abuse these people. Okay, so yeah, it's, from now on, it's just going to be more and more stories about abuse. So I'm sorry. Now we're going into the year 1980, okay? Okay. So at this point, there's several children living on the commune. Some are fathered by Roche because, again, he married himself to multiple of the women, and so multiple of them got pregnant and had children. However, some are not because, remember, there was men that joined, and there was also the baby from the previous relationship. Right. Um, And so... This creates two classes of children. The ones that are followed by Roche are, are given preferential treatment. And the ones that are not followed by Roche are called the animals. And What? I'm going to... Yes. They're called the animals and they're a second class because they're not followed by Moses Buppy. And now I'm going to tell you a really, really horrific story. Um, that happened to one of the children. Okay, so be prepared. One of the children that was considered one of the animals, his name was Samuel, and he was two years old, and he was killed by the group in 1980. The official version that was given in court by Terrio later when he was arrested um, and some of the other commune members when they were arrested is this. So Samuel was crying at night and he was keeping one member, one of the male members awake. This member is Guy Veer and he was actually recruited from the Healthy Living Clinic um, and he had serious psychological issues and who had spent time in, uh, in psychiatric hospitals. And apparently he had gotten some advice to maybe like seek more natural roots and healing and things like this. So he had gotten roped in because he was dealing with a mental illness, which and then is it really was being, upsetting. And then it was completely untreated by... Exactly, exactly. And, he, and the group took advantage of him struggling with mental illness. And so um, Veer pretty much with the baby that night kind of had a psychotic break and became angry and he started screaming at the child and this just made the child more upset and they wouldn't stop crying and so then veer picks up the baby by the throat and punches the child <gasps> five or six times oh my god um and then the next morning roche discovered what happened gave the the child to one of the members gabrielle she was uh, pretty much the nurse of the group. And pretty much they say that, like, his body was swollen um, and his head was, like, flopping around. Um, and, and Roche 
since he thought he was a doctor, thought that he could help his swollen... Part of what was swollen was his genital area. Um, and so Rosh thought he could help him. And what he did is that he made a cut into the child's... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. This is super rough. Feel free to skip. I, I don't even know what to include. I just am including some of it. Um, so pretty much he made a cut in his genital area and and he died. Um, that poor baby. Did the mother leave after that? Like, what the fuck? Um, it comes around later. Um, but... There's also another, it's, it's a disputed story because Giselle tells it as a different story. So this is her version, okay? And it's even almost more suspicious and sinister. But Roche one day just woke up and decided that a two-year-old child needed to be circumcised. And he used 94% alcohol solution to sterilize a razor. And he also poured this alcohol into the child's mouth to use an anesthetic and samuel died by alcohol poisoning so these are the two versions we don't know it's the truth um but it's important because the child's death comes comes around later when they get arrested and it also comes around um so what will happen is that roche even though it was pretty much his fault that this child died will use the child's death to abuse the other members and blame it on them. Oh, okay, so here's about the mother. So the mother is Maurice Grenade. So it's possible that, yeah, this baby was actually her previous husband's child, so he was considered one of the animals. After hearing about her, her baby's death, Maurice just went back to work. So she wasn't even there at her baby's death. She found out about it, and she just went back to work. I don't know if she was in shock. I don't know if she was so manipulated and scared that something could happen to her if she said anything. Um, and she didn't do anything. And that night, Roche suggested that they burned the baby's remains. So they did. And then the, the life at the commune just went back to normal the next day. What the actual fuck? Yes. And so... If that was disturbing, please stop now because it's going to get worse. And there's like at least two really disturbing stories that are left. Okay, so for six months after the baby's death, everything was going smoothly as smoothly can go. They just pretty much moved on with their lives. Um, And one night in September, Roche became really, really, really angry at at uh, the member Veer. What is his first Guy. name? I forgot already. Guy Veer, exactly. And he's drunk and he's yelling at him that he should have been, um, he should have gone to trial for the baby's death. Because one version, remember, is that Guy beat the baby. Yeah. We don't know. Um, okay, so Roche says that you need to stand trial for this baby's death. And he decides that the members of the group are going to be judge, defense, prosecution, and jury, okay? So everyone's going to be involved in the trial. Um, and they pretty much did this. The, tri- uh, the trial lasted one hour, and all the members decide that he's not guilty because of insanity. They say not guilty by reason of insanity, the group. Because I, they know that he started yeah. with mental yeah. illness. 
and he's weak. or they know that he didn't fucking do it right exactly exactly because there's two different Stories. versions and we don't know um, but Roche was not satisfied with this, even though it was his idea to hold a quote-unquote fair trial. And so a couple hours later, he, took, he takes one of the members, one of the male members, Jacques, aside. And he says, I want to castrate Guy Veer. And they, Jacques didn't like this, but Roche says, ah, we're going to, we're going to do it to a vote. And so they do a vote, and out of 10 people, seven voted yes. Probably because they're scared of Ra- Roche. They're, they're terrified. They're terrified. Um, obviously, Guy didn't want to have it done, but R- Roche eventually convinced him, and this is how. Um, so are you familiar with what a eunuch is? No. So a eunuch is pretty much someone who has been castrated but is seen as like a religious oh i do spiritual I, figure. I know what, i know what you're talking about they're kind of like yeah a, especially in like older times it was like a thing yeah they're kind of like a like a prophet in a way exactly yeah. and they're seen as super super wise for this reason because they have like no urges and things like this um so this is how they he convinces guy veer because he says if the you if we do this something to you, he probably on a higher level. The, one of the fucking religions that yeah. he was a part of. Sure. He says you're going to be on a higher level of spirituality. It'll be a step up of your of the hierarchy. You're going to be Maybe it will important. help your mental illness. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, things like this. And so, yeah, and this person is obviously easily manipulated and he's going to believe this guy. Um, and so he actually asked Guy Veer to write a letter of consent and and sign it. So he had a letter of consent and signed it himself. Um, okay, and it's going to get rough. Okay, so Roche had then Guy Veer lie on the kitchen table. And he had the members fetch an elastic band, a razor blade, a magnifying glass, a pair of tweezers, and some ethanol. The testicles were discarded in a Kleenex tissue. Oh, my God. Veer's genital area bled for a week. Oh my god, did he not die? He did not die, thank god. Thank god. Oh my god. Okay, and now this is kind of where things are going to... People's opinions are changing, but that he still has such a... And you're completely isolated. Like, even if your opinion changes, like, what are you supposed to do? And this is happening so fast... He just decided one day that he wanted to castrate them, and it happened that day. You know? It's happening so, so fast. So um, that happens. Life goes on as normal. Then a couple months later, in November of 1980, Veer escapes. So he was obviously waiting for an opportunity and thinking about what has happened to him, and he escapes. And he finds the village of Saint-Jose, I'm sorry, and he immediately finds the first person that he can find. And he tells them that a baby has died after being kicked by a horse on the compound. And these villagers go straight to the police. Because they, they probably these villagers so and police, of these people anyways, the villagers. They are. Yeah. They are. They know they're out there. But they're also just, you know how Canadians are. They're super polite. And also from the outline looking in. Like they think they're kind of weird. 
But anytime they had interactions with Roche, he's so nice that they would just be like, oh, but okay, also it's, it's a it. time of cults where people are just suspicious mm-hmm. of that in general. So I could see why they immediately yes. went to the police, even mm-hmm. if they thought he was a nice guy. Yes. They all dress the same. Yes. They're all fucking weird living on that mountain, you know? Definitely, definitely. Um, and so they immediately uh, get police. The police raided the entire compound, and Roche is arrested as well as um, other family members, um, the parents of the baby, of the child, Samuel. And all the children on the compound are relocated Thank God. To, to foster homes. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. The police find the child's remains, the burnt the burnt remains. Yeah, like, oh, this um, child looks like it got hit by a horse. It's fucking burned. Yeah, what exactly. the fuck? Exactly. And actually, but the commie members tell the, tell the police that Veer beat the child. And the police also found Veer's letter of consent to the castration. Um, and it says that while they're being questioned by the police about all these really horrific things happening... No one was upset. They were just saying it as in the most matter-of-fact way. They weren't even, like, embarrassed or upset. They were just like, oh, yeah, so we voted to, like, castrate this guy. Oh, and also this Like, it's completely normal. It's completely normal. They're unfazed. They're completely unfazed. Um, And so um, the coroner who had the remains of the baby, Samuel determined that the group was criminally responsible for the death of the baby, thank God. And so the police charged them. They charged um, Roche, Jacques, Maris, who Jacques and Maris are the parents. They charged Gabrielle, and they charged Guy, all with criminal negligence, not with murder. Criminal negligence. And also one of the other members, Claude, who she's the one that burned the body. She was only charged with obstruction of justice. And two other members in not, the group not were Not fucking just with tra- a corpse or something? Nothing, Dude, they never, they never did good charges in the 70s, though. They always were like... No, no. And this is actually, like, a really sad moment because while they're going to jail right now, they get out because these charges are so s- small um, that they get out, and I will tell you about it. So... They fu- they are found uh, guilty of all tra- of charges. It was a nine month trial. Okay, and most of the members were just only sentenced to month in months in prison or probation. Okay, and Roche was sentenced to only two years in prison, two years, and he was transferred to the Orsanvi Detention Center in Quebec City. Okay, so that is that phase. Now, I want to fast forward So what, a little he's bit. in prison for two years. Other people get out sooner. Did Not everyone went yes. to prison, though. Not everyone so went they to prison, kept only the people, that were charged. The people kept the commune going while he was gone. Well, okay, so I'll let you know. They actually, um, while he's in prison, they move to Quebec City to be, like, near him in the prison so they can, like, visit him. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So now we're going to fast forward. So we're in 1984 now. Okay. okay. So this is four years later or two years later or something. I don't know. It's 1984. And he is released in February of this year. And he decides 
that instead of like, oh, that was really fucked up, so I'm just going to stop and I'm just going to live a chill life. I'm out of prison. I've been rehabilitated. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. He decides that he's just going to start the same shit again. Start all over. Except this time now in Ontario. So they're moving out of Quebec because people were getting suspicious of them maybe. And he moves them, the group. So the group members are pretty much like still completely loyal to him. And he takes them to another really, really isolated place in Ontario. And he makes them build a new cabin. Just as isolated as their last home would have been. And just as like 17 hours. He didn't fucking help. (laughs) No, he didn't do shit. (laughs) Um, And pretty much life just went back to the exact same as it was before. So that literally did nothing. And they kept having more children. And they would, like, this time they didn't have as much money. Um, so they would steal food from places. And pretty much just the abuse would continue. There were several beatings. There was plenty of emotional abuse, physical abuse. Everything you can think of, it was going on. Yeah. Um, it, just, it just went back to the same way that it was, like, completely. So gross. Um, yeah, and they were super poor at this point because they weren't receiving the welfare checks anymore. And that's actually because the state had heard about them. And when they applied for the welfare checks... They denied that they were a family. They said they were an institution, so they did not qualify oh, for the Oh, so that's how checks. they were beating the system. Right, right. So, but the systems found out about them, called them that they were an institution, so they couldn't get their checks anymore. So, now Roche, as a businessman, decides that they're going to sell fruit, and they also start making these pastries, which I'm really confused about if they had, like, an oven. Um, okay, so they start selling things, and this is really successful. And so Roche organized the group into, like, a legitimate company. And this is when he starts calling them the Ant Hill Kids. So when you look this Oh, I saw that up, when I looked him up. Yeah, so this is exactly what they're called. They start, they, if you, like, look up or any of the books or, like, websites, this is the cult name, the Ant Hill Kids. And the reason why that is is because during this phase of their group, they were working so much that he thought they looked like a little pack army of ants. ants. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though there wasn't that many of them, and he thought totally. he was god. He was, like, he was so much bigger than them, and they're all fucking ants. Yeah, he was like the queen ant or something. <laughs> um, and as he became less desperate to survive, because now that their their business like really took off and became successful somehow. Wait, so wait, what was the business? Became, it was the healthy thing again. It was uh, it was a version of that where they were selling fruit and like healthy pastries and like just little food items that they would either grow or make or things like this, just in like little villages. And. So he became increasingly bored as they became successful. And as he became bored, he started to drink excessively again. And anytime, so I remember he had those problems with his stomach, like way back in the beginning. Yeah, the ulcer. Exactly. So he would always use this as an excuse to drink because he said it was like the only thing. Oh, that yeah. Drinking helps would... a stomach ulcer. Yeah, Are you yeah, not supposed to drink when you have Like you're just numbing yourself. And, and he said, oh, the, a case of beer is the only thing that helps me get rid of the pain. So he was just excusing as an excuse to drink. Um, and as he drank, 
the violence was just increasing, 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 becoming more morbid, more crazy. Um, he would often beat or whip his followers. He would strike them with the broadside of an axe or with a hammer. And they were forbidden to go to the hospital. And so they would have just have to deal with their injuries. He would urinate on them. Ew, he would pee on them? He would pee on them. He would force them to take their own pupu caca and smear it on themselves. So their own shit. <laughs> and and each other. Smell like Ew. smearing their shit on like yeah. Like he is turning into like really An extremely abusive disturbing. Right, and it's not just like I mean, I don't want to say just, but you know, it's not the slap that was we started with or the punch that we started with. This is getting like really psychotic and creative i is i don't know if that's the right word but you know what i mean like it, really no, i would say creative like, is definitely the right word like abusing yeah. people this is and like having them rub the each cruel, other's shit on each other absolutely this is like the cruel unusual punishment yeah um he also forced many of the men including jacques to be circumcised as adults and he would do it himself that um, cannot be a good and one thing, like, how he, he probably was able wanted sex to, like, to hurt for all the other guys so he could be the only one that, like, enjoyed sex yeah. with the girls. Yeah, he really also wanted to take away their own masculinity and really just make him be the only masculine energy in the group. Uh, and the way he was able to do this is because he had such an effect on their on his followers. Like, it was cathartic for them because what he would do is that since he placed himself in like the God position, he would say that all these things were just punishing from their sin, punishing them for their sins. But it's okay because after they'll be forgiven and they're going to be purified. And so a lot of this one would have, it's just like the psychological manipulation because they would do this and it's like a horrible thing. But then after they'd be like, Oh, like I'm pure. I'm good again. Like I, I repented for what I did and I'm in a good place now, you know? So it was, really taking advantage of their um their desire to be spiritual good people um just as bad as the abuse was for the kids or for the adults the kids had it just as bad um the animals the ones who were not fathered by roche they crawled like animals because they never really walked and they were not helped to walk um, they were severely malnourished. Oh, my God. And everyone, everyone was forbidden. Any of the children who were followed by Rosh and all of the adults were forbidden from speaking to the animal children. How could you do that if that was your child? Forbidden. So they are being completely neglected. Completely neglected. And that's not even to say that his children had it good either. They had it better than the so-called animals, but they still had it. They were severely abused as well. Um, and they, he would use his children to manipulate the feelings of the mothers. So something he would do is he would hold two, two children over a fire and threaten to throw one of them in to create competition between the mothers. And he loved watching his wives beg for their children to be spared. He would also nail the children to trees by their clothes and tell the other children to throw stones at them. What the fuck? Only, only to tell them to stop 
at the last minute. So he puts himself in a God position as the savior of the child. This guy is a psycho. This is one of the most disgusting, disturbing cults, 100%. 100%. Some of the children had mouths of rotting teeth. They would randomly scream, chant, bang on things because they were so psychologically traumatized. And they were deprived of sleep, food, and, and all hygiene. Um, they were also, this is really disturbing. Please click out if you're triggered by a sexual assault on children. I'll give you a second. So the children were deprived of an education except Rosh's own idea of sex <gasps> education. That's the, that's the only education they got. Um, Roche and also his teenage son from his first marriage to Francine. So his teenage son ended up living with them after the, after he got, after a certain point. I, it might've been then, or it might've been right before then. I can't remember, but him and his teenage son would, uh, molest and rape the children. He would also have the children masturbate him. Or watch as other members of the group masturbated or had sex with each other. And he thought this would, was the proper method of education regarding sex, gender, anything. They really didn't get what even any other education. Fuck? That is disgusting. Yeah. And it was incest because it's all his kids. Yeah, it's all his kids, 100%. Um, and over these years, the, this horrible, horrible abuse just increased continued it was beatings mutilations there were guns threatening to fire guns actual firing uh they had sometimes to eat mice uh he would burn some of their body parts and some other things that i had talked about before and every time investigators tried to get involved he was somehow able to sweet talk them out of removing the children and these children are young so so the other children got removed and did they come back sorry Mm -hmm. No, they didn't come back, but these are they just kept Probably having babies. Children. So they had a lot of children. Oh yeah. My God. They had a ton of children. Um members would escape after abuse incidents, but they would always be convinced to come back. And a lot of people would go and then be convinced to come back. Yeah. Um there's really even so much more horrible abuse that happens. I'm sure. I, I don't want to talk about if and you're doing that to much. children, you're doing it to adults. Yeah, and there's, like, a lot of specific things that are disgusting that you can look up on your own. Um, But I just want to really emphasize that this was years and years of horrible, horrible abuse. Like, things that you couldn't even imagine until you read it online. Um, I think I'm going to stop there for a second because then the next phase is the downfall of the group. Okay. Um, And so I can do that later. Okay. 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 Well, I just want to apologize for that horrible story, but I think it's really important to shed light on it because it just shows you how easy it is to be manipulated by these doing psychotic really, people. To do really bad things. Like you can have the best intentions, think that you're joining a really nice church group, and you can any anyone can be manipulated. Anyone can be manipulated. So I think it's really an important story to share as a warning. It is true. Anyone could be manipulated. Like I worked at this, yeah. um, I worked at like a teen clothing store and by the beach. And I remember this girl came in and I could tell she was older. She was just small. She was just short and small. Mm. She started talking to all the girls and the girls that work there are like 15 to 17. 
and like mm-hmm. cornering them and then getting them to like add her on Snapchat and go to her church. And I was like, this is kind of weird. And I, and like kind of trying to manipulate them into basically joining right. like a new age cult. And I was like, what? <gasps> you guys need to I mean, block her scary. and never go yes. there. Like, yes. it was so, and it's, it was so weird. It's really like these types of people, like I think this guy looks scary, but to some people, they might think that he looks normal and he has a normal personality and they're convinced by him and anyone can be convinced. Mm -hmm. So I hope it was educational and then we'll talk about, thank God, I want to, there's a light out at the end of the tunnel. He gets arrested. They go, he goes to prison. So don't, not this, not for two years only this time. So don't worry. (laughs) We'll get through it. Well, this group eventually ends. So we'll do it. Okay. So yeah. Well, thank you for watching. Watching, no. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Carmen. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Lily, for listening. Mm-hmm. And we will update you soon. We'll come out with the next episode soon. Yes. Awesome. Bye, Bye. You guys. Oh, follow us on here, and we have a Patreon as well. We'll put all the links in our bio, our Gmail, our Instagram, everything. Awesome. Bye.